Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's special teaching in Psalm 78, Teach Your Children Well. Look at verse 41. Verse 40, they grieved him. Verse 41, they pained him. If you have a New King James, it says they limited the Holy One of Israel. And there's little debate on which is correct. But the actual Hebrew word does mean to grieve. Do you know that Ephesians 4.30 says we can grieve the Holy Spirit as new covenant believers? If you read that chapter, you'll find we grieve him by letting the sun go down on our anger, being dishonest, stealing, doing things that are not in keeping with our new nature. And again, there's nothing new under the sun, right? So Asaph is showing the history of his people for what? Well, to not repeat history. And the one thing that we've learned from history is that we don't learn from history. We think we know better. We think we got it. We think we can do it on our own. We think this God thing can be dismissed from the classroom and the, you know, the marketplace and our experiment Well, (laughs) it ain't going so hot. But I'll tell you this, this is nothing new. And the question that really it all comes down to is what will we do as individuals? Let's look at verse three of Psalm 78. We'll move quickly. The things which we have heard and known, Psalm 78, three, our fathers have told us, indeed truth was passed from one generation to the next. We will not conceal them from their children. But tell the generation to come three things about God. Mark it in verse four of Psalm 78. One, we will teach them the praises of the Lord. That could be worship, but it's also the idea of what we celebrate about God. Two, we will teach our kids his strength. Three, we will teach the wondrous works that he has done. We will tell the God story in our family. Some of you are like, well, I'm not an ancient Israelite. What would I say? What would I teach? Tell your kids and grandkids what the Lord has done for you. Amen? Tell them the gospel. Tell them the good news. When the boys were growing up, I tried to be careful because they were PK, preacher's kids, right? And preacher's kids, you know, are kind of a different breed. And I got some warnings from other pastors about how to handle things and, you know, what to do. And there can be pressure when you're a pastor's kid. So we would do family devotions at least a couple times a week in addition to all of our church going. And we, you know, we lived at the church. And when the kids were young, we would have dinner together at least, you know, two, three times a week or more. And we would let them eat first. This is a key. You're raising boys. Don't do the devotion before they eat. They will probably kill each other and kill you. Let them eat. Clear some dishes away and share some truth. Now, I'm not talking about a 45-minute sermon. I'm talking about a nugget, age-appropriate. Maybe you learned something in a men's or women's Bible study, and you would say, hey, hey, I learned this this week, and you give them a five-minute. Maybe you apply it to a life situation or something going on at school, a principle, if you will. I remember uh, a brother in the Lord that was a mature believer, and I was talking about family devotions and fathering and He wanted some advice on how to do it. And he goes, how do you do it? And I thought he meant, how do you teach? And he didn't mean that. He knew plenty of truth. He didn't know how to start. Like, what do you do? How do you begin family devotions? And I said, do you guys eat together a couple times a week? Yeah. Well, eat, 
and then clear the dishes away and spend a little time giving them spiritual food. It's your job. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, Ephesians 6, 4, but raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Do you know when you break down the words in Ephesians 6, 4, very familiar passage, the idea is a father, pater in Greek, means a nourisher. In Hebrew, father is two letters. It's ab, A-B, and uh, we would take it into English. It's aleph. It's an ox head, like R-A, turned on the side, means strength. And the B is a house, bait. Aleph, bait, is father. Ab, or abba, means the strong leader of a house. If you look up the Greek word, it means a nourisher, a protector. Boy, do we need to regain biblical masculinity. And biblical masculinity doesn't mean that you're some machismo over-the-top man. It means you have a good balance. It means you're like Jesus. You know when to be compassionate. The word nourish is actually the word used, or uh, some of the language in Ephesians 6, 4, for how a husband needs to cherish his wife. This is what fathers need to be. We need to be nourishers. A mother in Hebrew, in the Hebrew picture language is M, E-M, or A-M. It's the Aleph. It's the strong ox head again, strength. And it's, it looks like teeth, how Moses would have written it. And it means strong water or the life giver. And children need a combination of a mom and dad to have a good balanced view of who God is. Amen? Forget about all the nonsense where they tell you one parent is irrelevant. That is absolutely bogus. Both mom and dad are critical. But you guys, most of you know my story. My dad left when I was four. Never saw him again. So what do you do when dad leaves? Well, I'll tell you what happened to me. I I have an incredible mom and grandparents who stepped in, but I was angry. I was angry at a father I didn't even know. And I was in the gym. (laughs) I'll show him. I had it in my mind that I was going to play for the Chicago Cubs. I was a baseball player. And I would show my father how wrong he was. And maybe when I was at the plate, I would wink and spit because baseball players spit anyway. And just show him. (laughs) Right? Who was I trying? Who was I mad at? He didn't even know. And he probably didn't even care. And I bring it up because some of you come from brokenness and you're like, well, what do I do now? Or you're past that time. There's always an opportunity for redemption. God takes the broken pieces of all of our lives and can rebuild them. In fact, when you read the last part of this psalm, it talks about David, and we won't go there for the sake of time. And David was the shepherd after God's own heart, the leader after God's own heart. And the greater David is Jesus. And he's come into all of our messes. This is a hospital right here. Amen? Amen. The only reason I'm standing here is because of the grace of God. And that's part of what we share with our kids. I said at first service, if you grew up in a legalistic, over-religious home, and you had rules without relationship, that leads often to rebellion. Josh McDowell said it. Rules without relationship lead to rebellion. If you have your kids line up in the morning, and you're like the commander in chief, and you don't show them the love of Christ, you're going to lose them. If you are fighting like cats and dogs all the way to the church, and then you put on your church smile when you get here, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Hey, brother, hey, sister. And then you get back in the car. The kids see that and they're not fooled. You can fool the people here, but you haven't fooled them and they're the ones that you're supposed to be shaping. So, well, what do we do? 
Be authentic. When you make a mistake, admit it. You're a work in progress and you can admit to them that that's what you are. And I'll tell you what, it will be disarming to many people when you just are honest. Look, I haven't arrived. I'm preaching to myself too. We all, look, when Brenda and I got married, we were brand new Christians. We were trying to figure out stuff we knew nothing about. That is, yeah, we had some examples in our life, but biblical truth, we were learning and we were trying to apply what we learned as we went. And a lot of you are right there and you do the best you can. And you, every set of parents needs to apologize to their firstborn. Amen? <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? And then by the time the third child comes along, there's no pictures of them. <laughs> they think they came from outer space or they were adopted. And do you know why? Because by the time you get to the third one, you don't care anymore. <laughs> okay, no, I'm kidding. There's kids in the room. We care. We love you. We just become a little bit more laxed, okay? Take less pictures. <sighs> Good friend of mine, Dr. Green, at a men's Bible study said, if you're not setting the tone for your house, then someone else is setting it. And it will likely be the culture around you. If you're not setting the tone, if you don't say, brother, sister, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You will blow with the cultural winds and they're gonna blow everywhere. You gotta make a declaration. You've gotta plant your flag. And when you do, it will have a great effect. Tell the awesome things that the Lord has done for you. Nurture, do the best you can, be honest, transparent, Colossians 3.21 says, Fathers, don't exasperate your children that they may not lose heart. I had something in my notes from years ago. Harvard University sociologist Sheldon and Eleanor Gluick developed a test with 90% accuracy, came from 1950. Four things, here's what they said. This will keep kids from delinquency is the language of the past. Number one, the father's firm, fair, and consistent discipline. Number two, the mother's supervision and companionship during the day. Number three, the parents demonstrated affection for each other and for the children. Number four, the family spending time together in activities where all participated. They said 90% of the time, if you did that, your kids will be doing well. And all God's people said, duh. I mean, is that some revelation? The father's firm, fair, and consistent discipline. A mother's supervision and companionship during the day. The parents demonstrating affection and love for each other in front of the children. Even gross them out. It's all right. If, if you kiss and they go, ee, 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 just do more. <laughs> oh, honey. Oh, baby. <laughs> Embarrass them. And even if they're going yuck, Deep down, they know you love each other. Don't be afraid to hug and kiss your children. Tell them you love them, even if you told them a thousand times during the week. I'm telling you, these are the basic things that make a huge difference in the family. And they're not rocket science. Love, honor, respect, courage, chivalry. Open the car door for your wife. Give her flowers when a national holiday does not require it of you. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
If you are a longtime listener to Walk in Truth, we could use your help. We are excited to announce we have the opportunity to broadcast on a new radio station, an opportunity that will help this ministry reach more people like you in Oahu, Hawaii. Our mission with Pastor Michael's teachings is to equip listeners with God's Word in a way that helps them address today's issues, trends, and culture. But before we say yes to this opportunity, we could use your help. The price to broadcast on this radio station daily is $2,491 a month. Can you partner with us to reach people in Hawaii? Would you become a Walk in Truth partner today? Your financial commitment of at least $20 a month would help us reach this goal. We have until the end of September to raise these funds. If you become one of the 125 new partners, you'll be part of the team bringing God's truth to more people. That means four people would have to make a commitment each day until the end of September. Would you be one of the four now? Please begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. Love, honor, respect, courage, chivalry. Open the car door for your wife. Give her flowers when a national holiday does not require it of you. (laughs) Some of you are romantically impaired, to say the least. (laughs) Wait a minute. Did you guys hear that? What'd she say? She says he does it. I bring her flowers pretty much once a week. Yeah, you should say that. Uh, I'm trying to earn points here. It's not about me, sorry. (laughs) All right, final verses. God established, verse five, a testimony in Jacob, a witness appointed a law in Israel. His fingerprints are all over the nation, which he commanded our fathers. It's not a suggestion, it's a command that they should teach them to their children. That the generation to come, listen, might know, even the children yet to be born. You are not living for yourself. Time goes by, and for me, it seems like I blinked and my kids are all in their 20s. But you've got to think about generations to come. I know that there's been a lot of talk about the end of the world and the rapture of the church, but you've got to live as though Jesus isn't coming for a thousand years, because we don't know. And frankly, everybody who made predictions in the 70s and 80s was wrong. So live, not just for now, but for the generation that you don't even meet. The generation to come, which you will meet in eternity, that they might know, even the children yet to be born, that they may arise and tell their children. Clark sees five generations in verse six. The fathers, their children, the generation to come, their children, and their children. We are to never lose sight of the generational impact of a life committed to God. What should we teach them? That they should put their confidence in God, that's verse seven, set their hope in God, ESV, and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. There's three things in verse seven as well. Teach them to put their confidence in God. Look, I think self-confidence is a wonderful thing, but my confidence is in Christ, amen? 
And if we teach our kids to be confident because they know who they are, where they came from, where they're headed, God has a plan for their life, they believe in God's providential care over their life, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to calm them. There's a big, there's a master plan here. And it's not just about one generation. We should teach them to put confidence in God, not themselves, not to forget his works, and simply to keep his commandments. And for us as believers, the commandments of the Lord are not burdensome. Whatever Jesus said, that's what we do. And not be like their fathers. There's power even in a negative example. Some of you are sitting here and you had a rough upbringing. Well, then don't be like them. Don't be like those who weren't committed to you or the right way. You see, their fathers were a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its heart. The problem was inside. It was their heart and whose spirit was not faithful to God. I want you to turn to Deuteronomy, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Deuteronomy chapter six and we're done. So, I want to remind you as you turn there, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, fifth book of the Old Testament, that the writer of Psalm 78 ends with David, and I I want to make sure that we understand the gospel. It's good news. Christ did for us what we can't do for ourselves. We're saved by grace. Deuteronomy 6, verse 1. But here's kind of the bedrock instruction as Moses uh, taught before he actually died and went to be with the Lord. Deuteronomy 6.1. Now this is the commandment, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you are going over to possess it, so that you and your son and your grandson might fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged, that it may be well with you is the idea. Leonard Nimoy, who played Spock in um, Star Trek, He came up with this, live long and prosper. You know where he got it? He was Jewish. And this is the hand signal for the high priest when he prayed over the people or the priest when he prayed over the people. The ironic blessing, he would have his hands out. I can't do it with his hand. Like this. And this is how you pray. Leonard Nimoy implemented that into Star Trek, live live long and prosper from his Jewish roots. And here's what it says. Oh, Israel... You should listen and be careful to do it, that it may be well with you. You want a blessed life? That you may multiply greatly, just as the Lord, uh, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. He wants to do good to you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God and the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit In your house, when you walk by the way, look for teachable moments. When you lie down, when you rise up, very sweeping and comprehensive command. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be on the frontals of your, on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. I would encourage you guys to put scripture all over your house. It's a good reminder for you and your kids. Then it shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land, which he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you great and splendid cities, which you did not build. Houses full of all good things which you did not fill. Hewn cisterns which you did not dig. Vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. And you shall eat and be satisfied. Then watch yourself, lest you forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. You shall fear only the Lord your God, and you shall worship him and swear by his name. 
You've been listening to Teach Your Children Well, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's special teaching in Psalm 78. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Our producer, Rob Newton, went to Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California recently to update the congregation on the state of walk in truth. He talked about where we are, what's new, where we'd like to go, and how you can help. If you'd like to listen to Rob Newton and Pastor Michael's short presentation, you'll find it on the Walk in Truth podcast on your favorite podcast app. It's also on walkintruth.com. We've entitled it The State of Walk in Truth. And again, you'll find it on the Walk in Truth podcast on your favorite podcast app. Now here's Pastor Michael one more time before we go. Well, you know, in the modern church, we have the great blessing of Sunday school teachers and youth leaders and that kind of thing. And that's awesome. And I pray that your child is consistently plugged in to something like that. But I'll tell you this, that the first and foremost teacher in their lives is you, mom, you, dad. Fathers, raise your children in the fear and discipline of the Lord. You can look at Ephesians 6, 4. Here's the deal. We are called fathers and mothers to teach our children. We can't expect a Sunday school lesson a couple times a month to counter the flood of information coming their way, school social media, etc. Maybe you even limit those things, but you can't control everything. Plus, we just deal with our own sin nature in this world and the temptations that come our way. And it's even, of course, multiplied in our culture. What do we do? What do I do as a mom or a dad to offset that? Well, you teach your children well. You spend time in God's Word and in prayer. It might seem so distant from you right now because for some of you, you've never done it before, frankly. Maybe you pray a little prayer at dinner, but you know you can keep it simple. You can get a children's Bible. You can share a simple truth from a devotional that you've done as a married couple or you heard in a sermon or Bible study. Bring it down to their level. Share it at the dinner table. Share it before bed, but start putting truth into their hearts when it comes from you, mom or dad, it's uh, it's very sweet, and it's something that uh, we are not only called to do, I believe we're required to do, to obey our Lord, to teach our children well. So, hey, if you feel like you failed in the past, start afresh today. Today's a new day. You can't change yesterday. You can't control tomorrow, but you can start today. Well, if you're a new listener to Walk in Truth, you may not have heard, but recently we have been provided an open door to broadcast in Oahu, Hawaii. And the door is open, but we need to raise the funds uh, really by the end of September to take advantage of this opportunity. What does that mean, Pastor Michael? Well, the bottom line is it, it means we need about 125 listening partners, Walk in Truth partners to commit $20 a month. That's really four people a day uh, for the next month or so. And so how do we do that? Well, when you go to walkintruth.com, if you make a commitment to be a monthly recurring giver, and the website will walk you through that, walkintruth.com, you'll see the Hawaii opportunity plastered all over that homepage. And let me just say something personally. I don't get paid to do radio. 
Um, I do this because it's part of the overflow of the passion I have as a pastor. But I want to share something else with you, and this is not to toot our horn, but my wife and I give to Walk in Truth. I don't make anything from what I do here in terms of radio ministry. We actually give to the ministry. And you say, well, Pastor Michael, why do you give to the ministry? Because we believe in it. Because we believe in its impact and what it's doing. So my wife and I, and of course, you know, the truth is we're we're taken care of by what God's people give, but they give to God and then we are, you know, on the receiving end in terms of support. But we still take some of that pay and we give it to walk in truth. That's where I'm at personally. I believe in it and I want to put feet to that. And I, I bring it up not because I planned on saying it. In fact, uh, if you have any history with the church I pastor or this radio ministry, we downplay um, the topic of giving because I'm not necessarily comfortable with it. But I will tell you this, um, the the opportunity will sit there unrealized unless we have the partners. That's just the bottom line. So if you want to be one of those partners that helps us get on an additional radio station, go to walkintruth.com, go there today, make that monthly commitment. Maybe you can do more than $20 a month. Maybe 20 is your max, but that would really help us and it would be a blessing. Uh, Go there today, walkintruth.com. Thank you so much. Appreciate your hearts. We'll see you right here tomorrow. And join us tomorrow as we continue Pastor Michael's teachings in the book of Hebrews. The next one is in Hebrews 12 called The Lord Disciplines Those He Loves. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.